Welcome to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. Good evening, and welcome to Ecclesia Global Worship Assembly's Wednesday night virtual worship service. I'm really glad that you are with us tonight. I pray that you have enjoyed the worship and the service up until this point. Uh, It is time now for the word of the Lord. Um, Before we go into the message, let's just pray. Father, we come before you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We acknowledge your sovereignty. We acknowledge your sufficiency. We acknowledge, Father God, your benevolence and love towards all of us. We ask you to bless us tonight as we gather to delve into your word. I pray that you would circumcise our hearts so that we can understand and also receive the engrafted word that is able to convert and save the soul. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the teacher. Thank you for your anointing. And we give you all the glory and praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we're going to begin tonight with a message entitled Kingdom, Order, and Dominion. Kingdom, Order, and Dominion. Uh, This is probably going to wind up being a a series for the next couple of times that we meet together virtually. And so uh, it's Kingdom, Order, and Dominion. And the first part is going to be, you must be fruitful. Okay? Kingdom, Order, and Dominion. And the first part is, you must be fruitful. Let's look at two uh, passages of Scripture. Matthew 24 and 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all of the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. This gospel of the kingdom will be. That's an emphatic statement. It's a predictive statement. It will be preached in all of the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Acts 28, 30 and 31. It says, Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. Okay. So Paul preached the gospel of the kingdom, but he had to teach Christ. There's a distinction there that's worthy of uh, some notation. The gospel of the kingdom has to be preached. Preaching then is associated with heralding a message. It's an official proclamation that carries with it the suggestion of formality, but it also contains a gravity and an authority that must be heeded and obeyed without exception. Preaching always requires an active participation and response from the hearer and then an application of what is actually preached to their lives. And so preaching is intended to establish something as in a decree. Now, when God sends a word, when he sends a preach word, it also carries with it um, a prophetic authority or a prophetic anointing. You know, even if the messenger is not prophesying per se, you know that the declaration of the word of the Lord is in fact a prophetic word to you. It carries that weight, it carries an anointing, it carries an authority. Now, preaching is uh, distinct from teaching. Teaching is not just boring preaching or people who are not uh, dynamic in their expression or authoritative. Teaching is a discourse. It is meant to impart instruction, to instill doctrine, or to give an explanation. So the intention behind preaching and teaching are, are diverse, they're different. Preaching is meant to decree a thing. It is meant to proclaim a thing. It is meant to release uh, a a significant measure of power and authority so that the word that is being uh, preached or or declared is established. Uh, Teaching then 
is meant to be uh, something used to instill doctrine or to give you information. The gospel of the kingdom has to be preached, which means that the message of the kingdom has to be decreed. It has to be proclaimed. It has to be declared with a weight and with an authority as a witness to all of the nations of the world before the end will come. Uh, Authoritative and authentic preaching, according to the scripture, uh, is followed by signs and wonders. The message of the kingdom is first demonstrated and then it is explained. Uh, Paul preached the kingdom and then he taught Christ. Acts 1 and 1 says that Jesus began to both do and then to teach things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So the order of Christ is to demonstrate it, to manifest it, uh, to materialize it, and then to explain what just happened. In order for us to establish kingdom, order, and dominion in our lives, in our cities, in our states, in our regions, in our nations, in the systems of the world that we are assigned to infiltrate, number one is going to take perseverance, is going to take strength, is going to take a quality people who are able to produce what is in the Father's heart and mind. To do that, you have to constantly reevaluate the type of soil that you are so that you are consistently increasing your effectiveness. I believe that as we are um, being more properly positioned as kingdom citizens and kingdom agents, it, it requires a paradigm shift. We have, to, we have to change the way that we think. We have to look through a different lens um, because I think a lot of the, the ideas that we have been taught or the things that have been instilled in us is that we come to church, we hear a message, and um, it's something that's supposed to you know, soothe our hearts and soothe our souls, and it's supposed to furnish and supply whatever we need. We, go, we get a word to get an injection of faith, and there's really nothing wrong with that. Um, but there are levels and stages of growth and maturity that we have to enter into, that we have to entreat uh, as we are emerging and as we are developing and growing and moving. And so one of the things that kingdom citizens have to recognize is that their existence is really for the will of the king. We don't just engage the Lord or connect with ministry or get involved in ministry or in service just so that we can get something personally out of it or so that our personal ambition or personal goals are fulfilled. But there is this acquiescence to the um foreordained will of God, his his purpose, his desire, his design. And so I believe that as we are shifting uh, and we can can really thank the hard reset, we can thank the things that we are dealing with globally for giving us the opportunity to have to reassess and to reevaluate and to think and to measure. And so what we should come out of this with is a uh, refreshed and refined kingdom awareness of our assignment and our place in the world, and what it is that the Lord Jesus really needs for us to do. 1, 27 and 28 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. So the first thing he did, he didn't give them a set of laws or rules, but he first blessed them, Then he gave them the command to be fruitful and to multiply. He said to fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the first manifestations of mankind being made in the image of God and in the likeness of God were creativity, fruitfulness, 
and dominion. Say those three things with me. Creativity, fruitfulness, and dominion. That is the direct consequence of mankind being made in the image and likeness of God. The power of creativity, the ability to be fruitful, and the authorization to have total dominion. There is no semblance of God's image in us unless it manifests in all three of those areas. That's why uh, people that work with me in ministry or that are on any of our teams or, or that have to deal with me as a pastor or, or a bishop or whatever, they will tell you that I often say, I don't know is never allowed because I think that if we're confronted with a situation or if you're asked a question and your response is, I don't know, I think you're denying yourself of the creatorial power that you have. Uh, the inability to perform or to manifest what is needed is never accepted. The unwillingness to be a good steward over what has been entrusted to you, uh, I often deal with, or they hear me talking about it. Why? Because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And it means because of that, that we can always manifest those dynamics of creativity, fruitfulness, and dominion. God's blessing and decree over mankind manifests in this following process. Number one, first, it is the command to be fruitful. So I want you to understand that fruitfulness is a command. Say that with me. Say fruitfulness is a command. And so it means that no human being is exempt from God's command for them to be fruitful. That fruitfulness may show up in different ways and different arenas, but you are commanded to be fruitful. The second thing was to multiply. So you have to multiply the area of your assignment with your fruitfulness. So first you are commanded to be fruitful and then you manifest that fruitfulness. After that fruitfulness can be seen, you are then called or charged to multiply that uh, fruitfulness in the area or in the place where you are assigned. And then you are to replenish that area with your fruitfulness. Then you subdue that area by your fruitfulness, okay? And so when we talk about subduing and we talk about your fruitfulness, when you are fruitful in an area or in a time and in a space where others are not, it makes that area subservient to you. And this is what gives you the cutting edge in any area. So if you think about some of the greatest singers or some of the greatest preachers or some of the greatest ministry leaders or, or business leaders, they are or they have the cutting edge because they were able to be fruitful in a place where everyone was not yet being fruitful or where other businesses or ministries or whatever that do the same thing didn't have the same level of fruitfulness, okay? And so that's a part of that command. When you are fruitful in a place where other people are not, it causes that area to become subservient to you. And then <clears throat> the last part of that process, excuse me, is dominion. So there is no dominion. There is no order of dominion until your fruitfulness has been multiplied. You don't jump from the command of fruitfulness to dominion without that process. So I'm going to say it again real fast. You got to be fruitful. You have to multiply the area of your assignment with your fruitfulness. You have to bring your fruitfulness to a place that does not have it. And then you replenish that area with your fruitfulness. And then after you've done that, you are able to subdue the area by your fruitfulness. And when you're fruitful in an area or in a space and time where others are not, it makes that area or that space and time subservient to you. And it gives you the cutting edge. And then it creates dominion. In order to be fruitful or fruitfulness is tantamount to cutting. 
Somebody say cutting. You got to be cut. If you're going to be fruitful, you have to be cut. And there are two levels of cutting that will always transpire before you are positioned to bear fruit. So what does that let us know? Usually when God is about to bring you into a place of a greater manifestation of what it is that he has placed on the inside of you, you have to go through a season of vetting. And that season of vetting includes cutting. And I think that one of the mishaps that we have in the process of maturity is that instead of allowing God to cut on us and allowing the process of cutting to transpire in our lives, we start to block the knife or we start to block the sword and we try to, excuse me, avoid the situations where there is cutting. But fruitfulness is tantamount to cutting. Somebody say amen. John 15, one and two says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. So listen to this with the mind of God, see it through the lens of the father. People in the vineyard, people in the kingdom, people in the church world that are not fruitful, he removes the ability for them to be fruitful, all right? He says this, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit, all right? So watch this, here's the two tears of cutting. The first cut is to get rid of all the things in your life that do not bear fruit. The almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of grace, the God of love, the God of mercy is going to cut you. He is going to cut the things in your life that cannot produce according to his purpose and intention. All right. So that's the first level of cutting. Somebody say, ouch. All right. The second cut or the second level of cutting is that he begins to cut the things that are bearing fruit. So you have to you have to reconcile the fact that just because there is a cutting or there is an uncomfortable season or there is an uncomfortable experience, uh, it doesn't mean that you have no fruit. No, it's, it's quite the opposite. When you have fruit, he cuts you so that you can bear more fruit. Somebody shout hallelujah. I don't know if you've ever been cut. I've been cut. I'm being cut. I'm being cut right now. But the cutting has the objective of making you even more fruitful than you already are. That's a good place to shout hallelujah to the Lord. Fruitfulness requires forward vision, focus, and movement, all right? Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, all right? Philippians 3.13 says this, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing that I do, forgetting the things which are behind. That's what you do after the cut. When you see the appendages and the things that have been cut falling off, you look back and you forget the things that are behind and you begin to reach forth unto the things which are before, all right? Now, God promises through the prophet Isaiah that he is going to do a new thing, but in order to enter into the new, you have to be willing to divorce and forget the old. Not only um, separate from it, but forget it. In other words, there's a new order. There's a new way of thinking. There's a new way of living, all right? You got to forget the old to enter into the new. Is that He's going to make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So imagine the wilderness place, the wilderness season. Um, Imagine being in a desert place or a desert season. He says he's going to make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, a way is a road, a path, a direction, 
even a course of life in the midst of the wilderness situation. Rivers in the desert speak to sustenance and life and prosperity. All right. Somebody say a new thing. He's doing a new thing. All right. So that means he's going to make sense out of your confusion. He's going to make sense out of all of the things that you're enduring, the things that you're going through. And you have to be able to see the new thing that God is doing in order to move from the place of desolation into the place, into the place, excuse me, of fruitfulness that the Lord is bringing you into. Somebody shout hallelujah. Right. Fruitfulness requires overcoming opposition. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wrestle in the Greek is the word pale, which we understand is like a gladiator battle. It's a contest between two opponents. And the winner is only crowned when they're able to throw the opponent down and put their foot on the opponent's Next, somebody say hallelujah. That's our war. That's our battle. That's our wrestling in the realm of the spirit and in our lives as kingdom citizens. So you cannot expect to come into the place of dominion without a fight. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be an entire hierarchy of the enemy's forces that would come against you. There's gonna be a whole system of, of, of maneuvers against you to keep you from coming to that place of dominion, but you have to set it up in your heart and mind that you are going to overcome opposition. Fruitfulness also requires you sowing the right seed. The Lord has established a principle of multiplication in the universe. And as the universe expands and everything remains in a state of constant evolution, whatever is sown is sure to increase and produce a harvest. So whatever you sow, whatever seed you sow, whether it is, it is a good seed or a bad seed, it is going to reproduce and it's going to reproduce 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold, all right? And so if you're going to be fruitful, or, or look at it like this, if you have a harvest right now that you are not content with, or that you are not happy with, or um, that you wish you had a whole other harvest happening in your life, the reality is it's the result of the seeds that you have sown. So just look around at your life. It's the result of the seeds that you have sown, because as long as the earth remains, there's seed, there's time, and there's harvest. And that cycle is a universal law that never changes, all right? And so if you want a different harvest, then you have to consider the seed that you sow. You want a better harvest in relationships. You got to figure out and you have to sow a better seed. Now, people who know me know, I talk about this all the time, that I'm not much of a phone person. I really don't talk on the phone a lot. It's just, it's, I can't even explain it. I've tried to get help. I've had people praying. I've had people mad at me, um, but I'm just not a huge telephone person. I'll text, I'll email. Um, but yesterday, because I'm looking for another harvest, I literally spent, this is no lie, I got the, the call records to prove it. I spent five hours on video calls with people, not meetings, calls, relationship building, um, mentorship for uh, some of my mentees, talking to some of my spiritual sons. Um, it was interesting. I looked at the end of that and, and was blown away that I literally spent five hours, like literally five hours talking to people yesterday, back to back too, you know, without a break. But the reality is, and that's just a, a small example, but it's because I'm looking for a different harvest. And so if you want a different harvest, if you want a different quality 
of life, then you have to sow a different quality of seed. All right. Deuteronomy 22, 9 through 11 says, thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with diverse seeds, lest the fruit of thy seed, which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled. Thou shalt not plow with an ox or with a donkey together. Thou shalt not wear a garment of divers sorts as of woolen and linen together. So what is the backdrop of that and how does it relate to fruitfulness uh, giving way to dominion? It takes strategic and purposeful planting to ensure the right harvest. Nobody plants an apple seed and expects to get oranges. Nobody will plant a pear tree and expect to get watermelons. It doesn't work that way. It takes strategic and purposeful planting to ensure the right harvest. So you got to ask yourself, I want you to put on uh, your predictive mind and figure out where do you want to be? Where has God called you to be? What is your assignment? What is your role? What is the part that you are meant to play? Right. And when you can make that assessment and you can make that determination, then you have to get busy putting the things in place that are going to cause that outcome to manifest and materialize in your life. You have to sow the right seeds to get that harvest. It has to be strategic and it has to be purposeful. It cannot be scattered. It cannot be misappropriated seed. It cannot be unintentional. So in other words, you can't be, you can't be ambivalent about it. There are some people that literally go through life ambivalent about everything. They don't have a feeling about anything. They don't have a, a determination about anything. They're not decisive about anything. And you know what happens year after year after year, they're stuck in that same rut. Why? Because they never stepped outside of that box and interrupted that cycle by interjecting a different seed. You have to recognize that dominion requires your participation. It requires your intention. It requires your pursuit. It requires your deliberate activity. Somebody shout yes. All right. Your labor and your process cannot be unequally yoked or mismatched with those who are not linked up with you for the specific purpose. So this is something that you got to take an assessment of. Look around your life. The people that are connected to you, that that uh, get the best part of you, the people that you spend the most of your time with, the people that uh, you influence the most or whose presence in your life influences you the most, they have to be linked up and joined up with you in the same purpose. It, it, you got to all be moving in the same direction. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And the word for agreed there talks about uh, unity and a union, but like a covenant. It's not just agreeing as in an opinion. It's like a legal term of agreement. In other words, we are on this path. We are walking this thing out because we are in a covenant. We are in a legal contract that says that we are going to the same destination. So that's the assessment that you should be taking in the hard reset. The people that uh, are connected to you, are they going in the same place that you're going? Are they going in the same direction? Is the destination still the same? Uh, both the ox and the donkey serve purposes and they are useful, but they're not useful together. All right. So you might be an ox and you might be trying to move forward in a direction, but if you turn around and all you see is a whole bunch of donkeys, then you're going to understand what the holdup is. You can't be plowing as an ox with a whole bunch of donkeys, all right? And if you're a donkey and your life and your purpose and your destiny is moving at the speed of a donkey, that ox is going to frustrate your purpose. That ox is going to frustrate you treading out your corn and trying to 
get your food and your sustenance. Why? Because the ox is a different kind of beast. It's moving at a different velocity, a different capacity. And so the wisdom of God says that if the ox or the oxen are going to plow, they can only be yoked with other oxes, okay? Or other oxen, rather. Uh, If the donkeys are going to plow, they can only be yoked together with other donkeys. And this way, both sets of the plowing are productive and contribute to the fruitfulness, which is going to give way into dominion. Doesn't it make sense? Our God is an amazing, amazing God. Your garment cannot be of different types of materials if you are looking for your vineyard to be properly covered and protected unto the harvest. Come on, there's a metaphoric uh, dimension there that whenever we see garments, it speaks to mantles. It speaks to uh, spiritual authority. It speaks to what cloaks you. And one of the reasons why some people never come to the place of dominion is because they got too many pieces of garments on. I know y'all not going to like this, and I'm going to get off of this real quick, and I'm about to be done. But they got too many pieces of garment on. You got this one mentoring you. You got this one teaching you. You got this one coaching you. You got this one whose lives you watch. You got this one whose YouTube videos you study. You got this one whose books you're reading. And that's not to insinuate that there's not a plethora of people that we can uh, be encouraged by or, or even learn things from. But when it comes to your mantle, when it comes to your garment, when it comes to the piece of uh, protective elements and layers that are meant to cover and to protect you and shield you and your purpose from the harsh elements of your environment and that protect and cover your harvest until the appointed time, that according to this scripture with the metaphoric and revelational context cannot be made from different types of material. You got to get under one place. You got to get under one system that is meant to feed your purpose. And let me say this, just because that system is meant to feed your purpose, it doesn't mean it's going to be a whole bunch of warm, fuzzy moments because we started this discourse talking about being cut. The right place is going to cut you. Somebody say amen. The right leader is going to cut you. The right pastor is going to cut you because it's a part of the process of fruitfulness that leads to dominion. There are people that go to church for decades. They're never cut. And if you're not cut, it means that you're not being pruned. And it means that the the fruit is not going to be produced. It means that you're going to become a branch that has to be cast away. The right place. Somebody say the right place. It will cut you. All right. And so your garments have to be made. Garment has to be made of one fabric. It has to be one type of material so that it can properly cover and it can shield you and protect you. All right. And so it's really important that as we are, and I'm I'm finished, it's important that as we are moving forward with God's kingdom agenda, um, kingdom initiatives, that we do it with the right paradigm. Jesus preached it like this. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, he said, reorganize your thoughts reprioritize your beliefs and, and, and the way that you think and the way that you go after things, the lens that you see things through, because in order to receive the kingdom, you need a new mindset. You need a new paradigm. Your old paradigm is not going to give you entry into the new kingdom and into the new thing that God is doing. Somebody shout hallelujah. Kingdom order 
and dominion. Let's pray real, real quickly. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the processes that you engage and employ in our lives in order to mature us and to grow us up. I thank you for the cutting. I thank you for your pruning. I thank you, Father God, for the twofold cutting that gets rid of the things in our lives that should not be there. We honor you for your omniscience. We honor you for your providence in the fact that you work all things together for the good of those who love the Lord and are the called according to your purpose. I pray, Father, that you would cause our hearts to be emptied of our agenda, our ideals, our ambitions, so that we can receive yours and that we can walk in them. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks and destroys every single yoke. And I ask you to touch your people, align them, position them, and prepare them for what it is that you have called and commissioned us to do in this hour in this season, and in this generation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I also wanna pray for those who need to make the decision to give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, your heart, your life, your everything to the Lord Jesus. Uh, None of this matters if he's not your Lord. None of this matters if you haven't made the decision to enter into his life forsaking your own and forsaking the life of the kingdom of darkness. And if, if that is you, I just want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I confess that I am a sinner. I admit that I have missed the mark. And I know that you are the redemption for my sins. There's no other way. There's no other redemption. You shedding your blood washes away my sin. And so I receive you into my life. I receive you into my heart. And I surrender my life to you for you to become my Lord and my savior. If you pray this prayer in faith, and if you believe it, you are saved. Get in contact with us. You can go to our website, www.rcfurloughglobal.com. You can put some things in the comments. You can use our email address. Just get in contact with us and let us know that you prayed that prayer. We want to continue to strengthen you, to encourage you, and we want to connect you to what is going to facilitate God's process in your life to bring you from fruitfulness to dominion. We will see you on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. God bless you. Have a good night. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ecclesia Global Podcast, where once again, we believe in the sovereign move of the Lord to reform the church and the spheres of society globally. We'll see you next time.